What? What? I'm awake! I'm awake! What's the big deal? So I took a few weeks off. It was holiday time, Christmas, and New Year's, and... Oh, hi. This is Pete Pomisano here on RLTP's Off-Road, restarting the new year. Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you all have a happy new year. It may be a little late to say that, but I haven't been around, so I'm saying it now. Happy New Year. There. I've said it twice. I hope you all had a great holiday and everybody survived the blizzard of, oh my God, of this past Christmas. I don't even want to tell you where I was because you'll be jealous. I mean, I wasn't, you know, in the Honolulu or anything, but I was in the South and I was looking at you poor people up here and I thought, God, I almost miss it. I'm almost sorry that I missed it all. Almost. Not really, but almost. Listen, we're starting off the new year with Weedy. What is Weedy? W-E-D-I. Westminster Economic Development Initiative. Who the heck are they? Well, I'll tell you about it in a second. But let me first tell you that when we first started this podcast, I said to Scott and Gina, I said, it can't just be about road less traveled theater. And it, and it can't just be about theater alone or Buffalo theater. It needs to be about Buffalo itself. So you may have noticed that one of the things we do here is about every third podcast or so, we try to highlight something about Buffalo because we live in a fantastic city. And Buffalo Bills aside, God bless them. I hope that you realize that we are also trying to promote Buffalo, the city itself. And that's why I think it's so very important for all of you to know about Weedy, which, by the way, should be pronounced Weddy, but we'll get into that later. Weedy is the Westminster Economic Development Initiative, which I've already told you about. They've been in the news a lot because there was a huge fire at the West Side Bazaar, and all of those wonderful people there got burned out of their shops. And they are still trying to find places for all of the restaurants and, and businesses that were in the West Side Bazaar. And they're opening a new West Side Bazaar on Niagara Street very soon. It's going to be a whole brand new building and it's going to be, it's going to be spectacular. And I, I, I'm very excited about it. You'll hear more about that when I talk to Aaron Kelly today. Now, Aaron Kelly, Aaron Sinjin Kelly... If you know what Sinjin is, it's St. John, but it's pronounced Sinjin. Erin Sinjin Kelly is the Director of External Relations. And I guess she was talking to me because she was trying to, you know, externally relate to me. Anyway, she has a very exciting announcement about their future and more that I don't want to give away until we talk to them. Now, Weedy has been around for over 16 years. They focus on education and entrepreneurship and equity for the people specifically of the West Side, although they are branching out, you'll hear about that, people specifically who are non-English speaking immigrants, people who really need their help, people who need help in school, people who need help in business. And it was introduced to me by a former student of mine, I will tell you that, Elizabeth Brockman Lavria, or that's as close as I can get in the pronunciation because apparently she doesn't know how to pronounce her married name either. Anyway, Elizabeth took me to lunch there one day, 
And I was so impressed with this place that I said, I, I got to talk about this place. I've got to, I want the world to know about this because it's the only one of its kind that we know of. It, it's not a copy of something from Chicago or Detroit, as you will find out when I talk to Aaron. So please indulge me in this non-theater, we'll get back to theater next time, in this non-theater-oriented podcast about a subject that I think you want to know about and will enjoy hearing about. Thank you so much for coming back after the holidays, and please enjoy this story of Weedy here on RLTP's Off-Road. You pronounce it weedy because it's Westminster Economic. I know it should be a shorty. It should be. A, it should be a shorty. It's not. Well, that's not right. What are we going to do? It was about before that? I invented the place. <laughs> I can't reinvent everything, including how they pronounce their short and long okay. i. Okay. E. Uh, You're not yeah. taking any responsibility. I for take this, no responsibility for the mispronunciation of that e. But people do say weddy. I've heard it before, and it's totally understandable. Okay. But it's lovely to meet you, anyway. Very nice to meet uh, you. I do want to talk, first off, about what is WEEDY? Well, it stands for Westminster Economic Development Initiative. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was started, this is the research I did, mm-hmm. 15, 16 years ago. Because my first question really is, what was the the impetus to start this initiative? I mean, it, it came from the Westminster Presbyterian Church. And was there initial motivation to help this clientele, or were they helping just people in their church? It began as a mission of one of their ministries. Mm -hmm. I I can't remember. I should know whether it's called a volunteer ministry or a community ministry, their outreach ministry. Mm -hmm. It was a committee of the church that decided they wanted to help the neighborhood, the West Side neighborhood. Their focus has become on Mostly this immigrant population. Well, it's sort of, yes. So Weedy does two things. It has two pillars. It's very clean, which I really like about the mission. It's got two pillars and it sticks to them. Mm-hmm. One is economic development and one is education. education yes. And the education pillar is for English language learners. People who've been in the country, kids who've been in the country six years or fewer. And was that in their initial no. goal? No. In the beginning, okay. it was after school education and dinner for kids in the neighborhood okay. on the west side. Okay. On the west side, they scooped up whoever they could get. It was <laughs> often who's living there, yeah. and I know because I used to work at the International Institute, that that's a resettlement neighborhood. That's a place where we resettle people in Buffalo. Okay. So that de facto became an immigrant and refugee outreach operation. But it was really anybody who needed the help after school. Uh, I see. And so just quite recently, they narrowed the focus to English language learners. Okay. Are there other programs of this nature in the area or in Erie County or Western New York, but they don't have the similar focus so this fills a gap because of because it's English language learners? It's hard for me to compare it to anything, but mm-hmm. I will say that the success rate, the graduation rate, the passing rate of English language learning students is dismal. Oh, I can imagine. And so it's something really terrible. The numbers just changed recently, but it might be in the 20%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's addressing that very specifically. Yes. And our... Our students at this point come from many places in the city, not just the west side, 
because we now have a bus. Our program is nothing without our bus, so often we're fundraising just to keep the bus on the road. (laughs) (laughs) But the students generally come from Lafayette, Okay. The international school. Yes. On the west side. And we take the K through 8 learners back to Westminster Church, where they donate the schoolrooms there. Oh, okay. And do you have an agreement with Lafayette? Yes. Yes, we work in tandem with the there. You do work in tandem with them. Yeah. Uh So then you go back to the the rooms at the church. Right. We bus them back and give them a snack and do this learning support, and it's all year round. There are summer programs. Mm. We now have partnerships with other organizations. And the high school students uh, from Lafayette, they stay there. Mm. We have a Saturday Academy for girls called Girls Club, which is super exciting and one of the reasons I wanted to come work at Weedy because I came from Buffalo Seminary and I think about girls' education all the time. So that was one of the lures for me personally, if that matters. But Girls Club is fascinating and what it does, it's one of Weedy's newer programs. The principal there was noticing that the girls were less involved than the boys in everything. Mm which, as we all know, the girls are generally the ones who run everything. Oh, they should be. Yeah. What they noticed at the high school was the girls were not participating. And this is the, I I wish I had better numbers right now for the percentage of, it's the international school. So it's girls who come from countries that aren't, acclimatized here. Their cultures aren't acclimatized to this kind of... Where the women have been oppressed for so long that they don't feel comfortable? It's just different. Okay. You know, it's well, different. Okay, then let, In some cases, a... it may be oppression, but it's just culturally different. Yes. But they're here now. Yes. And so there's a disconnect mm-hmm. between what they're seeing on TV, what they're seeing in the streets, and what they're experiencing at home. And they're not comfortable. They, they don't know what to do when they get their periods. Yes. It's not spoken of. I see. And so what Girls Club does, honestly, is give everyone a femme emergency kit. How nice. And it gives girls undergarments bras. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's something really fascinating I find about the bra project, which is (laughs) Is that... Is it called that, the bra project? (laughs) No. Is that giving girls bras has changed everything for them. They play sports. They're on student government. They're excelling. They're not bullying each other anymore. Because they are both... They're armored. They're literally and figuratively supported. They've got their armor on. Isn't that something? And I personally remember my mother burning her bra. So feminism (laughs) and, you know, woman's woman's empowerment and leadership used to be about burning your bra. I am now here to tell you women's empowerment is about getting one. Right. Isn't that, that's really great. I know, the whole thing's turned inside out again. Here's a question that you may not have an answer for, but the, the minute I started researching this, I thought... Is this a franchise of things that are happening in other cities? In other words, is this really unique to us? Or is this something that's based on other types of weedy? Other weedies, other places. Are there there other weedies in other cities, and this is just one of them, the way there are McDonald's everywhere? No. It it would not be called weedy, of course. Right, right. But but whose brainchild was this, or did somebody just... This was just just, super organic. That's amazing. Really organic. Because there's so much... Well, as we'll get to, that I thought, uh, they must have gotten this program from someplace, and they're just emulating what's being it's organic it comes from need the spirit and will and identification of that original ministry out of westminster church Mm -hmm. 
and the fact that they identified some kind of need on the west side and just started addressing it and it has evolved into these two very specific pillars and it was much wider and much more experimental along the way since 2006. Can you identify someone in particular or wasn't it a single person or was it not even a single group? So my question to you mm-hmm. is... The founders. Were there founders that you could put your finger on and say, these two or three people or this minister? I can't really say anyone's name in particular because it really was a ministry of the church and there were probably a variety of people, was a variety of people in it. But we do have some people still with us now involved okay. and a collection of women are still involved in the education program that is where their hearts are and in particular though on the weedy side and the west side bazaar side on the economic development side we have betsy mitchell who's on our board and is uh in the leadership of our capital campaign to build a new west side bazaar mm-hmm. but that's the economic development side and she was in the original founding collection of people for weedy Um, We also have Bonnie Smith, who is still involved with us and also involved in our capital campaign. She's still very active. And Deb Alcott, also very active with us. But there are are women, I I shouldn't even be, I can't even begin to name everybody who's still involved and still connected. And is there still a strong, aside from the use of the of the facilities, it's to some degree the rooms you talked about at the church. Mm-hmm. Is there still a strong connection with the church itself, with the Presbyterian Church? There is. I mean, we're not a religious organization, mm-hmm. but we do have a member from the church on our board always. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not Betsy even. We have someone named Mimi. Her name's Mimi Stedman, who's on our board and is also active at the church. We have a number of people who come from both places, and the church is very supportive. They they tithe to us once a year. Mm-hmm. They help raise funds for us. They give us those rooms. And some church employees are also our employees, just recently joined our education staff. Did it immediately become a separate entity? Because it sounds like right now you're you're connected, but, but Weedy is a but separate... But we're our own 501c3. Yeah. yeah. Did that happen recently? It seems to me like Weedy has been more in the public... I and the and the news and affecting public more affairs. public change. Yes, more recently, unless I've just slept. Well, through I it. just got hired. Oh well, maybe it's me. But <laughs> well, let's talk about no, you no. For I, a yeah, let's talk about me. My favorite subject. Yeah, let's talk no, about you. No, no, I can't really answer that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've known well, about. That's a very Weedy. technical question. I moved it's to it, Buffalo in 2010, and I've known about Weedy, but I'm a food person, and so I was always hunting down Burmese food. The minute I found out there were Burmese people, I was like, "Where is their food?" Oh my goodness! So okay. I've known about Weedy, and I invented this thing called the Map for Adventurous Eaters, mm-hmm. which I gave to the International Institute to use, and then I started ended up, I ended up working at the International Institute. So, so where'd you come from? New York. I'm a Canadian who was raised in New York. Well, now there's a rare animal. A whole thing. A Canadian raised in New York City? In New York City, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then why did you, how did you end up, you didn't come back to Buffalo looking for Burmese f- food. No, but... I just lucked out. <laughs> it's a, woof. this is Buffalo too for us. My husband's a lawyer. Okay. And he clerked for Judge Curtin. Okay. He had a federal district clerkship, which is a big deal. Come, and he went to Brooklyn Law School, mm-hmm. um, which is where I met him. I didn't go to Brooklyn Law School. I met him in Brooklyn. So we moved up here for two years from 95 to 97. Mm-hmm. And then after we left, we kind of missed it. Well, 
and he stayed connected and didn't have to switch bars. And were you teaching? I am a writer. I was working for the Times, okay. and then I worked for the food bank. When I, I took a break, had two kids, one of them had colic. That should say enough. Okay. Then I went back to full-time <laughs> no work. No time for anything else. No, no, no. Like, I wedged in a little freelance writing. Um, I went back to work full-time for the food bank for New York City. Okay. Because I also, I write about food, and I was the food critics assistant at the Times. Oh, so my. I have, like, this pedigree in food that I felt like I had to use for good. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't imagine anything more fun than being I'm going to go out and find more food and try a different it's restaurant and so try. fun and if you ever interviewed Andrew Galarno he would tell you and he tells everyone it's the best job in, in journalism alright so now what is your title or job I'm, description I'm the director of external relations well that's a so mouthful. here I am externally relating yeah, yeah. you're going to have to explain to me what that means because I'm sure that has a lofty goal, but on a day-to-day -day basis, what do you do? I set Carolyn up for greatness. <laughs> You're the woman behind the woman. I set Carolyn up for greatness. I put a button on her before she goes on TV. I pinch hit when Carolyn can't do something. I can't imagine what you could be thinking of. Yeah, uh -huh. and I actually am in charge of communications in that I make the collateral materials, all the stuff about Weedy. I see. I do the website, the social media, the printed matter, any kind of marketing outreach. And there's lots of marketing to do because one of the things at Weedy is the West Side Bazaar. Yes. So we're helping all those businesses get on their feet and stay on their feet. Mm -hmm. That's marketing. I didn't lay in bed when I was a little girl and think someday I'll be a marketer, nor did I dream of being a development person. And here I am. I ask people for money <laughs> and I market, but I can only do it for nonprofits. Well, I, I didn't lie in bed ever thinking that I would be doing a podcast. There you go. So you're a Canadian, you go to New York, and you, you end up... Did we cover why you went to New York? I know we're, this is too oh, much about you my now, parents are my parents are divorced, and my father worked for the National Lampoon okay. originally. So Worked for the National Lampoon? Mm -hmm. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, what was your dad's name again? Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly. So I'm, I'm sure you know the dog, something. Buy This Magazine, or yes, We'll Shoot, or this, we'll dog. shoot this Dog? That's yeah. my dad. He thought of that. <laughs> that's a, one of, well, and that's iconic. I know. That's iconic. I mean, that just people. Everybody, I know. And you well, know what everybody root, of a certain age remembers exactly. that. Exactly. You know what the root of that really is? That you can always tell when a magazine needs to perk up its sales sales because they put a dog on the cover. Dogs sell things, no matter what the magazine is. <laughs> so now. Is the focus only on Asian, African? You said it was non-English For the speakers. students, yes. For the students. Do you also involve other... Well, I mean, you could be Puerto Rican, mm -hmm. Dominican. I mean, we have a growing... But is it always only non-English non speaking? In education. The economic development side is different. Okay. In what way? The economic development side, we're a CDFI, which is a community development financial institution. It's a federal... We're federally... Okay. Certified. Okay. What we do is give loans to people with no, low, or bad credit. These are your mic. This is your micro this loan. This is our micro program. loan economic development side of mm -hmm. things. So those are people who can't get loans to start businesses from a bank. Okay. And in some cases, they're referred to us from banks. Hmm. Um, and eventually, we refer people to banks too. We want to move people to traditional banking. I see. But we give loans from, and we're the only people up here who give loans as low as $500 up to 20000 
I see. Those are our perimeters. And people come to you, or are you, or people referred to you? Both. It's word of mouth, but they're also referred. So we're not an immigrant re- resettlement agency, but we are the second tier, basically. So mm-hmm. once people are settled in school, they find our program. Once families are settled and have learned a little functional English, they then can express on some level they have ideas for starting businesses. So mm-hmm. people, the resettlement agencies refer people to us. And they aren't always food businesses. Oh, although no, no. They often we have, are. I mean, the West Side Bazaar, when I was there, there were at, what, seven yep, businesses? Yeah, we seven had food, seven food kiosks mm-hmm. and four retail. Yes, with clothing and jewelry and those sorts of things were yep. also in there, if I yep. remember Yeah, some correctly. like house decor stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll talk about the tragedy there. That whole thing. Eventually. Yeah. Is there a, a great success story? Because the I, I heard Carolyn actually on TV the other day saying, you know, one of your goals is not just to set up the West Side Bazaar where you have all these little kiosks, but for them to get a brick and mortar yeah. place. And this place that just opened in Hamburg, the, the 007. And they're Bur- killing uh, it in Burmese? Hamburg. What is, is that? They are Burmese, but they're cooking dim sum, which is Chinese. Okay. Do, do they have egg rolls? They do not, what? because egg rolls aren't part of dim sum. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've said this to people over and over again. The one thing this podcast has proven to me is how dumb I am. I love... Uh, there's so I many lo- things I I actually love discovering how dumb I am. <laughs> well, I'm laughing about it, so it must be because fun. Because I just am like, feed me. Feed me info then. Yeah, but then, but then I just turn around and go... How did I not know How that? was I functioning? How, yeah. how did I not know? I do. I feel like I just fell off the turnip truck at least <laughs> once a week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, well, that, every interview I am. So uh, anyway, so that's that's one very nice success story that came after a tragic situation. Yes. That, uh, well, maybe we should talk about the tragic situation right now. Well, let me just say the point of the West Side. So let me finish about the CDFI thing. Okay, sure, sure. <clears throat> we'll go linear. We'll stay linear, which I try to, I force myself to do. It's okay. not natural. All right. So we do this lending, and we also do all this, what we call technical assistance, which is business mentoring. We have volunteers and mentors. Mm-hmm. Some are paid to give business advice, advice yes. to all our clients. So the West Side Bazaar is just the public-facing piece of our economic development. Uh, we have hundreds of clients doing dozens and dozens of kinds of businesses. Mm-hmm. It's just that the current, well, the former West Side Bazaar only had the room for retail and food. Yes. We at one point had a, a Burmese tax preparer, but you can't really talk about money in the West Side Bazaar. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. No. He was one of our clients, though, and went off and started his own business. We have people who do hair. You can't do that in there. We have people who do daycare. Mm-hmm. That's not a daycare space. No. So we fund all kinds of people in their businesses. We don't do personal funding that don't fit in that model. Mm -hmm. That's just our incubator for that. I see. Again, to stay linear here, Mm -hmm. because I want to talk about the new place that's going to be happening on Niagara Street. Well, let me just ask a side question. All right, I'm going to take. I'm going to hop off the the tracks for a second. Go ahead. Will there be space in there for hair? Will there be a space in there for? There will be space for professional services on the second floor because you got to keep that kind of stuff away from from, the from food. food. Sure. Um, but the second floor will also have a ghost kitchen. Okay. Which is where we're going to have like farm team. You can try out your idea there. And oh. ghost kitchens are a sort of hipster idea that's really been invented in COVID, mm-hmm. where you can decide today you're going to make tacos and sell them on Grubhub. Right. 
but you have to do it from a licensed kitchen. Right, and you, you have don't no have to have brick to... and mortar. You don't have to have advertising. It's all word of mouth. There are yes. a bunch of those things. Yes. And so you can do that and test your test your food out from Argo's Kitchen, mm. and just have Grubhub come and pick it up. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard one just closed. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine, an actor who was African American, I was in a play with a couple of years ago. Yeah. Was selling out of a ghost kitchen. Boy, it was good. Yeah. And every Friday he would send me an email. Batch. Right. Yeah. And you'd go up and you'd actually stand at the at the door, the window of the kitchen. Yep. And he would hand you the food, and yep. I paid him online. It was all paid for up, up front. That's called That's a ghost a thing. kitchen. That's a ghost kitchen. All right. And so yeah. this place will have one of those. We're going to have a ghost kitchen, which will also be a test kitchen. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to also be doing in the new bazaar is having event space. And I want to do cookbook tastings. And we're going to do cooking lessons. Like if you love Ethiopian food, we're going to teach you how to make it. Oh. And kids' cooking lessons are yes. huge. I bet. So, I mean, food is huge. Yes. Food is love and food is huge. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo is a food city. It sure is. And tourism's about food in Buffalo. I just learned yesterday at a tourism breakfast. Hmm. So we're right in a sweet spot and we're expanding what we can offer. So the second floor is going to have a learning lab, which is a classroom, mm-hmm. a sort of techie classroom so we can have conferences, not giant conferences, but people always come to the West Side Bazaar and want to do tabling because we have a particular demographic of people who come. It's not narrow, it's wide, but it's a certain kind of person who wants to eat at the West Side Bazaar. Mm -hmm. And people always want to table, either to do surveys or establish a charter school or whatever, and we're going to have that space finally. We didn't have any space. Yes, Yes. Will the, the classrooms eliminate the need for classrooms at the church? No, no, not a bit. Not at all. No, no, they're okay. going to be completely different. We're still going to have the education program still going to be over there. Mm-hmm. Westside Bazaar is still going to be the economic development and business side of us. This is the most disjointed podcast interview I've ever You're heard You're going to have a life. hell of a time editing. I, I, well, you know, I'm just going to let it fly. All I'm going to do <laughs> is edit out all the dumb things I'm saying, like what I'm saying right now. Because I, I wanted to talk about the education stuff first, but then somehow we got onto microloans. Mm-hmm. And you have like a three or four-pronged focus. The education Aspect is what I wanted to talk about first, but maybe we should we could save that to last okay. since we're already on the business thing. Right, and now we've skipped over. We the We try to uh, keep it tidy in those two pillars. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've not kept it tidy at all. Let's talk about the West Side Bazaar since we've already started that, and then we'll go back and we've already talked a little bit about education. But I wanted to talk about it in terms of the the grade level things that you have going on. It goes right straight through high school. Mm-hmm. These assistance programs is, yeah. is pretty much what we can call them. But the West Side Bazaar started on the West Side mm-hmm. on Grant Street, mm-hmm. and it was seven kiosks of various Asian, uh, African. I'm trying to think of all the different types of food that were under this one roof. In the tiny one? In the tiny one. The no, tiny no, one. Not the tiny one. The one that, that recently had the fire. Oh, yeah. African and Asian primarily. primarily. But we also had... A Buffalo family who were bakers, cupcake purveyors. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. I and they actually that left in July. Yeah. They got out before the fire, but mm. they are new. They're going. We're going to have a formal graduation for them, in, I think it's in March. Yes, they have a brick and mortar bakery on Amherst. Oh, cool. Well, that, uh, another great success story. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So also, but they're, they're Buffalonians, is what I was. Going I to say. see. Well, there they also there was also some other bad luck at the at the um, oh gosh at yeah. the West Side Bazaar that the we big. don't need to talk about. But the, you know there was things stolen and and so on. But then the big problem was the fire that took place back in 
October? September 20th. You'll never forget the date. I will not. There's been no progress on the building as such. In terms of the building, we're not. It. We're not. It's not going to be. It's not salvageable for not us. Not salvageable. It doesn't make any sense for us because mm-hmm. we we were leaving anyway. Because right, there we're, were already plans for the new place. We're we rent that space, mm-hmm. and we were going to have to return it to what they call white box. Okay. So all the renovations we had done over eleven years were going to have to be pulled out anyway. I see. All that kitchen stuff yeah. had to be pulled out to be returned. It was a blockbuster. So it had to be returned to sort of oh blockbuster state, which is pretty much the just an empty yeah, empty space walls. with a yeah. yeah yeah. So to renovate wouldn't have made any sense. It would be like really throwing good money after sure good money after good money. Right, and not only that, but you but you already had plans yes. for the new place on Niagara Street. So what has been going on with those 10, 12, uh, 11. Uh, eleven? What's been going on with those eleven businesses? Well, we have been working feverishly to find them new places. Individually. To work. Not well, in any way we could. In any way. That's the feverish part. We're mm-hmm. like in combinations, individually. We've been looking at people have been offering us kitchens like one night a week you can have somebody here or I cook see. in our bar or we've been like vetting so many different things. Mm-hmm. Wearing out shoe leather, quite literally. Yeah. Uh, the rubber on people's sneakers, I guess. But what we've got to, excitingly, the exciting news for the theater crowd. Oh, is, we're going to reveal it today? Yes, because I knew this was for a you, rumor. For let's, you. Let's hear it. Just for you. Mm-hmm. Is that we're going to open downtown bazaar. In February, in, in the, the old Expo Market. In the old Expo Market. That is tremendously exciting. We're so excited. I'm at, I'm literally having goosebumps right yeah. now telling you out loud. Yeah. And Has there been an opening date determined? No. February, we're still, February. there's st- the moving parts would bore us all to tears. Your <laughs> audience, you and me, we'd all just burst into tears if I described what's opening a restaurant is like, <laughs> let alone seven restaurants yes. or whatever. So we had to salvage equipment from the old West Side Bazaar. We had to have that cleared by insurance. We had to get it cleaned professionally, installed, inspected, supplemented, figure out that place has been closed since basically the dawn of COVID, mm. since the we- that like St. Patrick's Day yes, weekend yes. when the whole world shut down. Yes. So drains have to be flushed. It's the most boring thing in the world. Plumbing, electric, <laughs> all that stuff. But we, um, Nick Sinatra has worked with us very patiently and kindly and generously. And we signed a lease and we're now subleasing. You know, all our businesses are their own businesses. Mm. We're just the leaseholder. And you facilitate. We but, facilitate. Yes. But they are their own businesses. They they're in charge, so right. they have to sublease. We help them do what we can help them do. So that's next week. Wow. And we're hoping, you know, all the licenses and certifications and permitting, it's moving as fast as we can does, get. Does Weedy actually help each of these businesses financially? Yes. Or are they, oh, you do? You don't you have to have one of our loans, mm-hmm. but generally they do. And we also are subsidizing in particular, we're subsidizing, which isn't, which aren't loans, because we've had such a generous outpouring of donations since the fire. There are people who have been giving specifically to help us. You know, they say in their gift, Mm -hmm. this is to get the West Side Bazaar back on its feet. Yes. And other people are just giving to Weedy, which helps our economic development program stay open and helps our relationship managers keep beating the pavement, looking for more places to put people and giving business advice. And we've been working hard helping people. I mean, in English, 
it's hard to deal with this stuff, let yeah. alone as your second language. Yes. We could all cry looking at those permitting <laughs> forms, and we're native speakers. That's right. So, I can't imagine so it. So that's one of the things economic development does and Carolyn does, and we're all just working so hard to get everybody up again. So what do you, what do you see as the number of businesses that will move into that space in February? I think there's room for four food kiosks okay. and the bar. And the bar. But there was no bar at the West Side Bazaar, so... No, there was not. Who's going to be running a bar? Weedy. What? That's the drinks for before the theater. <laughs> well, I know what it is going to be, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's going to be a Weedy-run bar? We're figuring it out. Oh, okay. All right. We're figuring it out, but it has a bar, and so we want to open it. It's not going to be a Burmese-flavored bar, is what I'm getting oh at. Oh, my it's gosh. Not, it's not going to be run by non-English speakers. No, it won't. Okay. But, we sh- but <laughs> you're giving me ideas for cool drinks we should be making. Uh, well, we there, should be really concocting well, some cool be, cocktails. Uh, well, of course there should be one at least for each of the four food places. Oh, I feel like a fool that this hasn't come to me before. Well, I haven't my, focused on the bar yet. Uh, you'll be sending me my commission check. Uh, well, you can definitely have a free drink. <laughs> a free weird drink. <laughs> free. It'll have to be, have to be weird. That's, that's the way I like them. And I assume that these four food places will be directly related to the ones that were Yes, were some out. will be from our burned out vendors, mm-hmm. and some will be people who are on our business list. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a wait list for the West Side Bazaar of over 100 businesses. God. I know. And they're in various states of readiness. It's not like everybody's ready to go, but they're working with our technical assistants to get ready to go and write business plans and really figure out what it takes. And some of them are like, a lot of Thai restaurants, and obviously we're not going to put more than one Thai restaurant in one space. <laughs> no, right. Even though they might be the greatest idea in the world, then we help them establish their own business, and that's just part of economic development, and that's a little bit different from being in the bazaar. So some of these were grandfathered in from the original, the West Side Bazaar, the, the, the fire, and then other you have other businesses on a waiting list, some of which will go into the new Niagara Street location. Yes. Uh, which will be called the West Side Bazaar. That will be called the West Side Bazaar. We'll revive that name. Right now we're calling the one on Main Street yes. Downtown Bazaar. This <laughs> oh, is it. Nice, nice. <laughs> Oh, geez. I, wish I know it. it's clever. It's well, really clever. Uh, you know, the problem with that space, and I'm sure you've investigated this, is that during the theater season, it can be tremendously busy. And then in June, everything just sort of closes up. I mean, I don't know how the, the Bijou, those people, there are some other smaller restaurants and delis and things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they survive in non it can be mobbed mm-hmm. during theater season mm-hmm. or when something's going on at Shays. But even Shays does limited programming yeah. in the summer months. So that it's so difficult to get those places established where they can maintain a business profile mm-hmm. successfully. Well, we're not really a dinner trade. We're a lunch trade. And we're going to do breakfast. Well, okay. But as an actor... Mm-hmm. who has been at the Irish Classical, there are times when I have, for example, on a Saturday, when there's an in-be- there are two shows, mm-hmm. we would go over to the, what it was called at that Expo, time. Yeah. What it was called Expo at that time. And we would get a sandwich or a taco or whatever yeah. was whatever was for sale. Are you going to close up at 6? Or Our hours are still being worked out. Our maybe old the, maybe hours the bar were 11 open to 7. Um, no, I don't know because we're not a bar outfit. Mm-hmm. The drinks are really going to be through happy hour, basically. I see. And 
our business is open early and they're all mom and pop. Yes. Or single proprietor or mm-hmm. father son. The, yeah. the South Sudanese restaurant's father son. So they can't work those hours and they can't really afford to hire anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's really as much as one or two people can do. Okay. So the hours used to be 11 to 7 and 11 to 8 on Friday and Saturday. Okay. They're going to shift. We want to do a some kind of bakery coffee business in there so that there is a morning trade. Okay. Um, but that person won't necessarily be open at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we'll open our bar at four o'clock, maybe for four hours. Okay. Because we don't want to get into having to have a bouncer and dealing with drunks. Oh, and, yeah, you, you know, we don't yeah, want, yeah. we're not, we're not up for that. Yeah. And obviously you've thought about this way more than I There have. are so many of us at Weedy who've been bartenders and waitresses. <laughs> that we know that all the pitfalls. Know, we know what we're doing. We yeah. left it behind. We work for Weedy, but we know, we haven't forgotten. <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on to the education thing, is there anything more we want to say about the the opening of the Niagara Street West Side Bazaar and the no- opening of the City Bazaar? City Bazaar? What did you say was going to be Downtown. The Downtown Bazaar. Uh, anything more? Are you going to have a big grand opening celebration? Yes, of course. For we're going one to, or both of them? We're going to have grand openings for both. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a soft opening probably for both. That's what you do in the restaurant business. I see. Um, <laughs> so the soft opening will be as soon as we may open with only one restaurant open. I see. You know, we're going to see as people, because people have now not worked since October or September 20th. Yeah. So they have to get their game back up i understand some people are ready to go we have chomping at the bit we have verbal agreements nothing's been signed yet but they're signing this week from the south sudanese restaurant Mm -hmm. which was called nile river is called nile river and from abyssinia ethiopian so both our african restaurants are coming Mm -hmm. and they were people love them and i think they'll be there pretty quickly okay i know zalalem will be from abyssinia and then we have verbal commitment from uh, a filipino restaurant okay which and Filipino food was one of the trends in the New York Times trends to watch for 2023, and we got it. Let me ask you a question about this, mm-hmm. because as we've established, I'm ignorant, and when I went to and the, I think about food constantly. You know? <laughs> and I went to the West Side Bazaar with Lizzie, and my biggest problem, I know that nothing's going to be bad, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm open to all sorts of things, except perhaps like alligator meat. Or something. Indeed. Um, I don't want to eat cockroaches. No, not so much. So I don't want to eat any snakes either. No, me neither. So I go in there, and fortunately I had Elizabeth to say, okay, well, how how about this or how about that, and give me advice. If you don't know anything about Sudanese food, or or what was the one you just mentioned? Filipino. Filipino food, which I doubt very much many people know about. What do you do when you go in there and you say... I, I don't know what to order. Oh, my gosh. You just smell it. <laughs> because you can't ask them because they'll say everything's good. It's like asking your waitress, well, if you have a really honest waitress, she'll say, don't get the tuna. Don't get that. Yeah, don't get the tuna. Nobody likes that. That's right. Yeah. But seriously, when you go into one of these places and everything is different, there's not a name you recognize. There's it, The Chinese restaurant we're just talking about, the dim sum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what dim sum is. I don't even know what mm-hmm. to order. When I go there, maybe... We made the dim sum restaurant some signs that say, what is dim sum? Well, before you leave today, maybe you'll just give me some advice on what to order and I'll call there. Well, order. I will say that... Our restaurateurs 
have small menus. Mm-hmm. So you can't go wrong. The thing in, limited. in food world, when you see a menu that's like a book, <sighs> you know you should run away. Well, no, run what, away. That's what happens to you me in Chinese restaurants. page after page. Well, Chinese is all variations on flavors. And yeah. You know, like you're picking. It looks really dense, but yeah. it's really, do you want a pork version of that, a chicken version of it, a <laughs> fish version? Yes. You know, you're just reading through the same thing over and over again, only it's called fish, it's called chicken, okay. it's called whatever. But generally, as a rule, if there's a menu that's like a book, don't eat there. Okay. They can't make that much that well. That well. Okay. So our restaurants have few items you can't, you're not you can't be overwhelmed so you can't go wrong everything they make they've made from scratch and they care about and love mm-hmm. and there we go with food is love don't eat something that someone made without love and easy to say but it doesn't say that on the menu i know it doesn't but, say hey look at this this is soup with love yeah and this is a, a soup a, a, made with rocks <laughs> soup nobody Stone cares about soup. so our menus are small so you can't go wrong i swear to you you cannot go wrong if you so, go so in you're, there, you're just saying go in there and just, just order eat. anything. Just eat. But how do I know whether to get one of this and two of those or two of these and one of those? How do I know? Keep coming back. Oh, my God. You're just not going to help me at all on this. It's you? just you can't go wrong. I can't even. <laughs> if you like noodles, get the noodles. You know, if you want to eat a rice, get the rice I don't even know stuff. what the noodles are. It doesn't, does They're it say? They're all going to be delicious. Oh, I hate you so much. The right only now. variation is do you want spicy or not spicy? And sometimes like spicy. they're like American spicy or our spicy. Oh, which is over really the top spicy. spicy. I like the our spicy, but start with American. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, then we're finished with the West Side Bazaar food stories, I think. Let's talk about your education program and how many kids are actually involved in this and how they get involved. You said you're connected with with Lafayette uh, mm-hmm. schools mm-hmm. Uh, school. Well, how many kids are involved uh, on a do you go by semester? Do you, they, they sign up for the year. They sign up for the year or the summer. So on an annual basis, you're you're it's about a hundred students. Wow. And who are the teachers? Who are the helpers? Are they the helpers are, are well? They... No, we have we have employees. We have a director of education, mm-hmm. and she, the person who works directly under her is a public school teacher. I see. Who moonlights? No, yeah, she comes to work for us okay. after you know because the program doesn't start till three. Okay. So by the time everyone's bust and stuff, and um, I'm looking up because I have to remember the the elementary program is called Energy. Yes, energy. the middle school is fly. Yep, and the, the high school high school is launch. Yes, okay. and within, and then on the side we have girls club. Okay, and so and through all of this, there's peer support. That's what comes in the high school level. Okay, okay. That's the peer support groups are like girls club and boys club. Volunteers from the school itself, from, yes. from Lafayette and so yes. on. Yes, yes. Well, not volunteers so much. They're, the principal there is is. An incredible man. His mm-hmm. name's Starkey, and then we have an, a guy who worked for the school, but now also works for us and okay. runs the boys and uh, boys clubs. And then we run the girls club because we come in with women to do that. Okay, I, I thought peer meant that there were other there's students helping students. Well, in the girls club, the, there's a funny story about that. When it started, they didn't know how many girls they were going to be able to get in there. And they promised, they said to everyone that if they came for, I forget how many it was, like three or four Saturdays in a row, because these are part of the Saturday academies that the public schools have, some do, they would then get these undergarments and a femme emergency kit at the end. And what's turned out is once the girls are in, they never leave. Mm. So it keeps, it's growing and growing and growing with girls mentoring each other in there. Oh, that's cool. With us just sort of running the programming. And and do you have a similar, well, maybe not the similar program, but is there, are the 
the boys left out of this? No, no, the boys are good. Because it started, <laughs> boys are always fine. Boys are fine. No, uh, it started with boys. This my my understanding is that there was this teacher who now works for us also, and he had a closet with clothes in it mm-hmm. for boys to wear to like go on job interviews and like okay. appear presentable for whatever reasons they needed to. Oh, that's and nice. it. So he turned. He was a de facto mentor, and mm-hmm. we just made it real. I and see. then we made one for girls. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense to me. So now in, in each of these, the elementary, the middle school, the high school, what goes on and, and where do the, the kids come in after school? Do the they kids come in after school things, or in the day in summer. And are they allowed to just wander in? Or, oh, or no, no. You, you have to register. Ah. We have to know you're coming. It's not drop-in. Mm-hmm. You're in our program. Yep. And you're, and you're uh, expected at a certain time every day. Well, we bus you. We pick okay. you up and take you there. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so when they get there, what kinds of activities do they do? Is it all assistance with language studies? It's homework help. And, and homework help? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it could be anything that, that you're... Whatever they come with. Right. If you're in middle school and you're having trouble with, I don't know, earth yeah. science or something, yeah. you, you can get assistance there. Yeah. And that's where we have a lot of volunteerism. If anyone wants to volunteer, it's a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. You have to commit to a whole semester... Because you get assigned one child who you're specifically helping. I see. Um, so you can't come and go as a volunteer, just like the kids can't come and go. Right. But volunteering there, we have high school students. My own daughters, one of my daughters volunteered there. You can volunteer as a high school student, which is it's hard to find volunteer things for high school students, especially that are meaningful, and this is meaningful. And this is, again, especially focused on the non-English speaking uh, population English language uh, learners. That, that need that are having trouble just with the language itself, much yeah. less they're probably, in, in many cases, if not all cases, extremely bright children. Oh, yeah. But because you don't have the language skills yet, yeah. Uh, can you give me any great success stories? Oh, let me think. Or oh, yes, I many? can. Well, I mean, I'd like to say that. But what <laughs> I can say is that there are these things called SARD Awards at the end of the year, which is the Superintendent's Academic, or whatever SARD, is the initialization okay. of for Niagara and Erie County. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, it's the top three scholars from every high school in both counties, public, private, charter, whatever it is, top three scholars. Yeah. They used to put their pictures in the paper. Now they give them a glass buffalo statue and have a big thing out oh, in Salvatore's. Nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've been to it. It's really, really fun. And it's really fun to see all those kids see each other, too, because yes. ordinarily those kids don't see each other, mm-hmm. um, unless they play sports and they've seen some of them. But these are the academics. Anyway, it's the top three kids from every school in two counties. Mm-hmm. And last year, two out of three of them were our students. Oh, from how Ann. wonderfully rewarding for you and for the, the entire program. And they were girls. Program. They and, were all girls, and, and they, two out of three of those girls were our girls. The kids get involved in the program by recommendation or by... It's really word of mouth, but the teachers know about us, too. Okay, so I mean, so we a work with the Lafayette, principal. Okay. Yeah. And they might say, look, here's a kid who mm-hmm. we just got mm-hmm. and would benefit from your program. Yeah. Do you have limitations on who you can accept? No. Uh, no. What about even numer- numerically? You have... Well, we've already got 20 kids in this. Not that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's been a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and how many do you have at each level, roughly? I don't know. I just asked. Well, are we talking 10 or are we talking 50? Oh, no, not 50, 10. Because oh, it's about 100 kids over the entire thing all year. Okay, okay. And it's 12, 12 grades. Okay, So. yeah. 
It really sounds like a great. A it's great so program. beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And where is Weedy located now? Uh, We're on the corner of Grant and Bird. Mm-hmm. It's a small office, and the organization has grown since COVID even. Yes. And so uh, one of the great things about the new West Side Bazaar is that we're going to be able to have a few offices there of economic development. We're also expanding into the Bailey Green neighborhood. Um, we're having a project over there, and we're going to have economic development on the east side now. Okay. Oh, that, well, that's terrific. I know. I, this, I guess this begs the question, where does your financing come from? Where does the money come from? Is it all, I mean, are you sponsored by <laughs> the county, donations, M&T that supports everything in the, in the city or in the Western New York area? Where does the money come from? To, all of those things. All of we those things. Institutional funding, so government, corporate, mm-hmm. foundations. The Buffalo Foundation. Uh, Family Foundations, yeah, yeah. Community Foundation, OSHAI. Do you have to, not you personally, but does... Uh, oh, we, we have do, a huge grant writing you operation. Have to, and you have to go do this annually, I assume. More than that. It's constant. Really? Some pe- Because even when you get a grant, you have to report on it. Hmm. A lot of them have reporting requirements. So you're just... Uh, there are two people working constantly on grants, and we're very successful. And one of the things about we, we're sort of victims of our success. Because we're so successful, people don't realize they also have to give, you know, we need individual donations. I see. So actually my job is to get that going, is to make connect individuals to the organization and the organization's mission and how important it is. Because you also think, like, why would I give money to the West Side Bazaar? It's a business. Well, it's actually successful because it's run by a nonprofit. I see. There's a safety net there, and that's because it's run by a nonprofit. Other people's fail. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Kelly, uh, it's such a pleasure meeting you. I'm so happy to meet you. It's a, it's a, I appreciate you coming here and talking about this. I, I endlessly The more I learn about, about this. this, the more I learn about this, the more impressed I am. And uh, as I said to you earlier, one of the, this is not just a theater podcast. One of the focuses we have is maybe we'll be two thirds about about theater people, Mm -hmm. but then one third about what's going on in the greater Buffalo area that people should know about. And Weedy is something that has been in the news lately, but in, in the news also a few months ago for all the wrong reasons. But Aaron Kelly, thanks so much for being here. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for having me. And once again, learning how little I know about the rest of it. Well, everyone at Weedy can talk anybody's ear off about what we do. You you just (laughs) got me today. Well, you should be (laughs) proud, I mean, for obvious reasons. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, what's the big deal? It's a little wintertime vacation. Well, it wasn't really a vacation. I'm seeing my family. You begrudge me that? Please. Oh, never mind. Hey, I really enjoyed talking to Erin. She was kind of a substitute because I was supposed to speak to Carolyn Welch, who is the head of the, the entire thing. But she's too damn busy for me. Let's face it. So they sent the next best thing. Erin Sinjin Kelly, and uh, she was delightful. So glad to talk to her. Hey, listen, in a couple of weeks, we're going to get back to the theater beat with someone you haven't seen in a while, would have seen if we had not had the pandemic, but she is a mainstay, a grand dame of Buffalo Theater. You all know her, or you at least should know her. You should remember her. Part of my series of talking to people who we should remember. 
Barbara Link LaRue will be here next time to talk about her life here on RLTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano.